0: 11 a.m. hour of worship here at Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church on this Christ the King Sunday. It is so good to see you all here in worship this morning. On especially holiday-heavy weekend, I know that there are many of you who are traveling, so I want to extend an especially warm welcome to those who are joining us through our live stream and on WRR. If you are here with us and you're a visitor, thank you for being here. I invite you to join us for fellowship after worship in the atrium. If you're looking to learn more about the ministry of our church, there are church members with bright yellow name tags who are eager to greet you and welcome you, and they have a gift especially for you. Whether you are new or old, I invite all of you to look for your friendship registry pads on your queue and please note your attendance. Please also note the names of those who are sitting with you so we can continue to grow as a family of faith. And for all of you, there are cards in your key racks as well. On one side it says connect, on the other side it says prayer. This is a way that you can let your church leadership and your staff know ways that you look to dig a little deeper in your uh, involvement here at Preston Hollow and how your pastors can join you in in prayer throughout the week. It is a joy and a privilege to be able to join you in prayer. Friends, on the back of your bulletin, there are many announcements for you to check out, and I want to highlight just a few. Today is the last Sunday to place your order for your holiday poinsettias and wreaths. These are a great way to honor a loved one in your life. Your flower committee will be in the atrium after worship, so please stop by and visit them and place your order. Next Sunday is Carol Fest at 5 p.m. here in the sanctuary. This is a time where we will off the Advent season together. We will join together in song. There'll be a musical presentation featuring our sanctuary choir, our ringers, our children choir, our organ, and, and congregational singing. And after all of that singing, we are going to join together in Jubilee Hall for a delicious meal of grilled cheese and soup. So please come and join us and let us bring in the Advent season together. And on Monday evening on December 3rd, we have a very special service here called Blue Christmas. We want to recognize that this season can be especially difficult for some of us, and we want to hold space where we can acknowledge those hard feelings and provide comfort and a reassurance of God's ever presence, no matter what you're going through. So please, I hope you'll join me here Monday at 7 p.m. in the sanctuary. Family of God, what a gift it is to be able to join together in worship. For this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us worship holy God.
1: Let's join our voices in the responsive call to worship. We give you thanks, God, for, for tables to gather to around, around and food to eat. We give you thanks, God, for Lord, friends and God family near and far. We give you thanks, God, for drawing near to, to us, us in this season. Let us worship God. God. our lips that Christ is our King. Sometimes our lives tell a different story. And so we pause for a minute to give thanks for God's faithfulness towards us. For through the confession of our sins, we clear that path towards our restoration to one another. So let us join together in confession. God of invitation in this season in which we gather around tables to share life together. Keep us mindful of invitation and welcome. We are inclined to dine with those who live near us, look like us, and vote like us, creating echo chambers rather than extending our tables to outsiders and strangers. Remind us of your incredible hospitality and help us to create relationships that help us to grow in love knowledge, and and acceptance. Amen. Amen. Friends, we are never too far from God's justice and mercy. God gives us the eyes, the hearts, and the souls to see such miracles around us. Friends, hear and believe the good news of the gospel. We are saved by grace through faith. In Jesus Christ
2: we are forgiven.
1: Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. seated as we prepare to hear scripture read and proclaimed i invite you to join with me in prayer god of all wisdom prepare our hearts and minds to receive your holy word a word that awakens us challenges us heals us and opens our eyes to see ourselves and one another in the way that you see us, with everlasting love and compassion. In Christ's name we pray.
3: Amen. As Kathy so beautifully did at the start of our worship service this morning, I want to say a special word of welcome to any visitors that we have this morning. Perhaps you have traveled and joined family for Thanksgiving or you are here as a part of our special baptism Sunday this morning. We are delighted that you have chosen to join us for worship and want to say a word of welcome. We conclude our sermon series Thanksgiving and giving thanks on this Thanksgiving weekend. Looking at all the ways that gratitude shapes our lives and our faith. And we'll do so this morning from a passage from the Gospel of Luke. So listen now for a word from the Lord from Luke 17. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, stopped, turned back, and praised God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up. Go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. our days pass and years vanish and we walk sightless among miracles. As we pause this Thanksgiving weekend, fill our eyes with seeing and our minds with knowing. Let there be moments where your presence like lightning illuminates the darkness in which we walk. Help us to see that wherever we gaze, the bush burns unconsumed and that we clay touched by you might reach out in holiness and exclaim in wonder. How filled with awe is this place, and we did not know it. Amen. This week, religion scholar and author of the book, Grateful, Diana Butler Bass wrote about the prevalence of a new and increasingly serious disease running rampant among us in the American public. Thanksgiving anxiety disorder. That is the collective anxiety that we all feel about celebrating Thanksgiving in these years with friends and relatives of perhaps different political persuasions. As it turns out, in the last few years, the most stressful part of celebrating Thanksgiving for most of us is not cooking the turkey, picking out that perfect pumpkin pie, but wondering how quickly you can escape conversation with your father-in-law, who's wearing a Make America Great hat, or your sister, who is boldly wearing that she-persisted t-shirt that you hate. Diana might be the first to actually give it a name, but there is real evidence of such a thing among us. Social scientists have discovered that we Americans have significantly shortened our Thanksgiving dinners in recent years, especially when spending it with relatives of the opposite political party. Democrats, for example, celebrating Thanksgiving in Republican areas, have spent 20 to 40 minutes less time at the table. Republicans visiting Democrats have reduced their holiday visits by 50 to 70 minutes. Thanksgiving has become polarized, and most of us would prefer to dine with our own tribe. Diana offers some truly terrific strategies for treating Thanksgiving anxiety disorder, including deflecting with humor, encouraging meaningful conversation, which all feel heard and respected, introducing other conflicts into the mix dark meat versus white meat, cranberry in the can or fresh cranberry. Perhaps she suggests that you could be the one to bring the best dessert. Everyone loves the person who brings the best dessert. And then, of course, my favorite, planning a few strategically timed bathroom breaks. But at the end of her article, Diana writes this. She says, Thanksgiving is the only holiday Americans have specifically to celebrate gratitude, to recognize the bounties of creation and community upon which we all depend. And as with so many other parts of American society right now, we have work to do. Our tables need to be reset. This Thanksgiving, we have the opportunity to remember that our lives are a gift, that all that we have and all that sustains us are gifts, and that all of us can choose, even around the most awkward holiday table, to be thankful with and for each other. Theologian Karl Barth said it this way, He said the basic human response to God is gratitude, not fear or trembling or shoulds or oughts or guilt or dread, but thanksgiving. What else could we possibly offer to God who gives us the very gift of life than thanks and praise? In our gospel lesson from this morning, we heard the story of a leper who returned to Jesus to say thank you. It happens as Jesus and his disciples are traveling to Jerusalem through the region between Samaria and Galilee. It is significant in our text that they travel through Samaria. Jews in Jesus' day despised Samaritans, and vice versa, generally thinking the other to be religiously and culturally inferior. It represented a divide at least as deep as that among us in American politics these days, and much worse. One thinks of conflicts today between Palestinians and Israelis, between Sunnis and Shias, between progressives and conservatives in our own denomination. It is, sadly, too easy to name examples of where we, as people of faith, have turned on one another. But as often is the case with Jesus, his message crossing borders of maps, but also politics and theologies, finding ways to challenge and dismantle our differences. So here they are, Jesus and the disciples, in unfamiliar territory in Samaria. And they come across 10 lepers. It's hard for us to understand and overestimate the pain and alienation that a leper in Jesus' day would have experienced. Lepers suffered physically, but also the social alienation that came with their disease. Leprosy included a variety of skin diseases that today we would consider very treatable. But at Jesus' time, it would have required somebody to be banished from their home, from the touch of their children and their spouse and their loved ones, isolated completely from community. Lepers were so feared that people thought even to cross the shadow of a leper was to risk infection. And so they were required to mark their appearance with torn clothes and to shout as they approached people yelling, unclean, unclean. So this group of lepers is approaching toward Jesus, and they call out, but not this time to announce their uncleanliness, but to ask that Jesus might show mercy and heal them. And Jesus does, right there on the spot. Jesus heals all ten of the disease. He sends them to a priest who can pronounce their lives restored and made whole, and all ten joyfully off to reclaim their lives. But just when you think the story is about over, and the ten are almost all the way down the road, one leper stops and turns back, and kneeling at Jesus' feet, he says, Thank you. And then Jesus says something rather extraordinary to this foreign Samaritan. He says, your faith has made you well. Some scholars suggest that it's better said, your faith has saved you. And So the text implies that while trust in Jesus' mercy healed all ten men physically, it was this one man's response of gratitude and thanksgiving that restored his entire life body, mind, and spirit to wholeness. In other words, it's not about our politics or how good we are or about our particular beliefs in God that causes Jesus to pronounce our lives saved and healed and fully restored. Rather, it is the ability to recognize a gift And to return and say thank you. It is to say by Jesus' definition that faith and gratitude are intimately related. The practice of returning thanks that is literally stopping and turning back to say thank you is the proper response to the gifts of God. A response that brings healing and wholeness to our lives regardless of the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Theologian and Christian convert C.S. Lewis observed the Bibles, and particularly the Psalms' insistence that we respond to God with thanks and praise. And he observed a close link between gratitude and personal well-being. He wrote, I noticed how the humblest and at the same time the most balanced people praised the most, while cranks and misfits and mouth's contents praise the least. Thanksgiving seemed to be inner health made audible. You likely know that there's a lot of good evidence that both Jesus and C.S. Lewis knew exactly what they were talking about. There was an article published this past February in the Washington Post entitled, Can Gratitude Heal You? providing significant evidence that grateful people have an edge on recovery and overall health. And it could be that grateful people among us just take better care of themselves. There is evidence that gratitude alone is a stress reducer, that grateful people are more hopeful, less fearful, less anxious, and more open to others. All things that we could use a lot of right now. And there are even links between gratitude and a stronger immune system. Which means at the end of the day, when your mom made you sit down at the kitchen table and write all of those thank you notes, even to your grandmother who gave you underwear and tube socks, she really knew what she was talking about. I think it's probably true for most of us that our prayers of petition, the things we ask God for, are often longer than our prayers of gratitude. And it's not that we shouldn't call on God for help. We absolutely should. But perhaps extending our ability to say thank you might bring with it the recognition that we have among us a powerful tool for changing our lives and the lives of those around us. Writer Anne Lamont says that she only ever prays two prayers. Help me, help me, help me in the morning. And thank you, thank you. Thank you, at the close of the day. I was reminded of a beautiful story of returning thanks this week. It happened when a Sunni's woman named Aliq arrived in this country, in Fort Worth, with her two children and a third on the way. But the family wasn't complete. They had had to leave their husber- husband and father, Diane back in Egypt in a refugee camp. A single Sudanese man, it was unlikely that he would ever get a visa. And so she had arrived in this country knowing that she might not ever see her husband again. The family began settling in and finding life here. And through the prayers and help of some Christians here in Dallas, four years later, Aliq found out that her husband had finally been given safe passage and was allowed to come to this country to join them. So family and friends, new friends, church friends, all piled into the car and drove to the DFW airport. They all huddled together, anxiously awaiting for passengers to disembark on the plane. You know that moment where you're waiting to see your loved one's face come around the corner. The children have all made signs saying, Welcome home, Daddy. The energy is helpably anxious and nervous. They have waited four years for a moment they thought would never come. Did he get out? Did he make his connection in Houston? And then it happens. Father's face appears in the entry of the airplane tunnel. And the children just cannot hold back. They run with abandon, and they throw their arms around their father's neck, and he hugs them furiously, and he's touching their faces, including the face of the three-year-old son who he's meeting for the very first time. Staggering forward, he makes his way to his wife, where they embrace. And the whole family can scarcely believe it's happening. It's this beautiful, overwhelming moment of joy and connection and reunion. And in a few moments, the entire airport terminal is clapping and crying. And you think that's the end of the story. The family walks toward the airport exit, joyfully headed out to reclaim their lives together. But as they prepare to go, the father stops and he turns back and falling on his knees right there beside baggage claim, tears streaming down his face, his hands lifted in prayer and praise, he says, thank you, thank you, oh dear God, thank you. Maybe this year you've had a touch of Thanksgiving Anxiety Disorder or you've found ways to eat with your tribe, you've found ways, practical and profound, to sit around a table with strangers and neighbors and friends, to pass the stuffing, to argue over which kind of turkey you like. And to give thanks. For each time we say thank you to God. We are reminded of the gift that Thanksgiving is not just a single day that leads us up to Christmas. But a lifetime practice of turning back. The basic Christian response to God is gratitude. Gratitude for the gift of life, for the air in our lungs, for the ground beneath our feet, for the children we hold in our arms. Gratitude for the gift that God has given us of people to journey on this life with. Basic Christian response to God is gratitude. Gratitude for God's love expressed in the person of Jesus Christ, which brings with it a hopefulness and a sense of wholeness no matter the circumstances we find ourselves in or the table we find ourselves sitting at. This week, this year, each and every day of our lives, you and I are given the opportunity to give thanks to God. That is literally to stop, to turn back, and to say thank you. Indeed, all thanks be to God this day. Amen.
2: Family and friends, I invite you to join me in the affirmation of faith printed in your bulletin. Please rise in body or in spirit. I believe in God, the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth, and and in Jesus Christ, Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived
0: Grateful hearts we turn back to God in prayer I want to remind you that there are names of prayers on the back of your bulletin for joys and concerns we hold in our hearts this week as well as prayers listed on prayer letters located just outside these doors of the north transept just under the window as you leave this place of worship please add your signature as a prayer of comfort to someone in our midst who is in need As a prayer of joy, I want to lift up and express my gratitude for the 554 commitments that have been made in support of the life, ministry, and mission of Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church. Thank you for your continued and faithful commitment to this family of faith. For those of you who are still discerning your level of commitment, please know that next Sunday members of this church Want to reach out to you, especially those who have pledged in the past, to talk to you about your commitment. And if you like to opt out of that call, today is your day to <laughs> fill in your pledge cards. And you can drop them off in the atrium, you can pledge online, um, you can drop it off throughout the week. Again, it is with gratitude that all of you make this church possible. We will keep you posted on our progress throughout the week and Again, thank you for giving the first fruits of your labor and the very gifts that are your lives. Friends, let us go to God in prayer. Holy God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. When we look at the heavens, the work of your hands, the moon and the stars you have set into place, who are we that you are mindful of us? that you should care for us. And so we lift up a prayer of gratitude and thanksgiving for the very breath of life that started our day this morning, for the many little things we take for granted in our constant state of busyness, for the clean water we receive from the tap, the shelter and clothes that protect us from the cold, the ease with which we can access healthy food, the safety and reliability of our homes, streets, and modes of transportation, and for all the public servants who offer compassionate health care, education, justice, and security out of their love for our common life together, as you draw our attention to the comforts and privileges we enjoy in this world, open our eyes and hearts to see those in our neighborhoods and throughout our cities who do not. For it is through the gift of your Son that you empower us to love as you love, to heal as you heal, to comfort as you comfort, and to seek justice as you seek justice. And gracious God, we give thanks for the gift of this community, for the people of faith who encourage us in our own journey with you, for those who call us during difficult anniversaries, who accompany us to doctor's appointments, who quietly hold us in their prayers. We offer our gratitude that the church is more than a building, but made up of your beloved people, across all places and time, a reflection of your majesty and sovereign grace. Faithful God, you invite us to be people of thanksgiving, to stop and turn back to you, not so that we can be happier and healthier, but so that we can be a holier reflection of your love. For not only are you mindful of us, as your creation, as your children, but you love us as your own. And so now, with the confidence of children, we pray as you taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
2: There is something so holy about the leaves changing color in the fall. I grew up in Kansas City, and in Kansas City, fall happens in early October, so it has been somewhat of an adjustment to realize that in Texas, fall happened yesterday. (laughs) But as I drove to church this morning, I could not help but realize how beautiful the trees were and to sit in amazement at what God has done. This month, for our Every Dollar Counts offering, we are giving all single-dollar bills and single-dollar coins to the Texas Tree Foundation which works to help green our public parks and our spaces in North Texas because we know that creation is a glimpse of God's goodness in this world. So friends, let us give generously now as one simple way to say thank you to a good and gracious God. are generous with your mercy and you are generous with your presence. Receive these humble gifts we offer and multiply them to be signs of your care for us. May they feed the hungry, care for the sick, and heal all who are in pain. In the power of Christ's name we pray. Amen.
3: way family forward as they present their child for the sacrament of baptism. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, God claims us and seals us as God's own forever, for we believe that Christ first loves us. It is God who first reaches out to us and claims us and seals us as Christ's own. As we celebrate the sacrament of baptism this morning, I invite you to remember your own baptism. That is God's holy claim on your life.
1: On behalf of the session, I present Sean Daniel Holloway Jr. to be baptized.
3: Lori and Sean, I ask you the following questions. Do you desire your child to be baptized? If so, please say, I do. Leaning on the gracious mercy of God, do you trust that goodness is stronger than evil, that light is stronger than darkness, that love is stronger than hate, that life is stronger than death, and that Jesus Christ is strongest of all? If so, please say, I do. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, will you take the risk of faith every day seeking to embody the expansive love of Jesus Christ in all you say and do? If so, please say, I will. Do you promise to tell your child the stories of the Christian faith, to pray for him, and to remember for yourself and for your child that they belong first and always to the love of God, which we know through Jesus Christ? If so, please say, I do. And do you all, as members of Christ Church, Promise to guide and nurture Sean with love and prayer, teaching and service, encouraging him to know and follow our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. If so, please say we do. Amen. Let us pray. This water is ordinary, O oh Lord. It came straight from the tap. But in this water, you make extraordinary promises to Sean. In this water, you promise to claim him as your own. In this water, you promise to wrap him in your love. In this water, you seal him with a new identity, child of the covenant. Oh God, it has always been this way with you and with water. You moved over the water at creation to bring forth life. Out of the waters of the flood, you gave righteousness a new start. Through the waters of the Red Sea, you give your people freedom. In the waters of the Jordan, Jesus was baptized and anointed with your spirit. So send your spirit again over this water, we pray. Surround Sean now with your grace as he receives a visible sign of it. And renew us all with the gifts of new beginning and deep belonging so that with this young one, we may go from here in joy as your beloved family. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. What is the Christian name of your child?
4: Hi, sweet boy.
3: Sean Daniel, child of the covenant. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You are a child of God, sealed by the Spirit in your baptism, and you belong to Jesus Christ forever.
1: Sean Daniel Holloway, Jr. is now received into the Holy Catholic Church. Through baptism, God has made him a member of the household of faith, to share with us in the priesthood of Christ.
3: Friends, I invite you to uh, remain seated and join in singing Raindrops, Oceans, Lakes, and Rivers, which is printed in your order of service as I introduce to you the newest child of the covenant. Sean, we have a candle for you this day. Our hope and our prayer is that you will take this candle with you as a gift and that you will light it each year on this day. That you would tell Sean the story of his baptism, how handsome he looked. All the aunts and uncles and grandparents and sisters and brothers who are ready to love and care for him. That you would remind him each day of his life, whose he is and to whom he belongs. Friends, let us stand and sing our closing hymn together. Thank you. that each and every moment of our lives is an opportunity to stop, to turn back to God, and to say thank you for the very gift of life. And as you go forth from this place, go out with compassion and justice in your hearts. Give voice to the silent, give strength to the weak. Hear one another, see one another, love one another. It's all that easy, and it's all that hard. And may the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit go with you this day and always. Amen.